welcome to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast. My name is Dr. Andrew Trasida from NHS Somerset, and I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Dr. Peter Bagshaw, also from NHS Somerset, where I'm the clinical lead for mental health. And today we're delighted to welcome two colleagues from the Yeovil Rivers Community Trust. We're welcoming Karis Hockey and Lorna Mann. So, Karis, welcome and tell us a bit about yourself, please. Hello, um, thank you for having us. Um, so, I'm a project officer for Yeovil Rivers Community Trust. Um, my background is mostly in uh, education and engagement in the environmental sector. So I've mostly worked in cities prior to last year. So in London and in Bristol uh, for the Wildlife Trust and RSPB and the conservation volunteers. Um, and I'm very interested in uh, nearby nature and how we get in, uh, communities to engage with nearby nature. Thank you. And Lorna, tell us a bit about your story, please. Hello, yes, I'm Lorna Mann and I'm a senior project officer for Yeovil Rivers Community Trust. I've been working with the trust now since 2021 um, after I recently moved to Somerset and I wanted to get to know some new people and get to know um, what was going on in the area. So I, I joined the trust as a volunteer and I was very lucky enough to, to, um, to, to get a get a position working with the trust and and since then I've been enjoying using some of my transferable skills from a previous career in marketing getting involved with the community and enjoying my passion for the outdoors and nature and wildlife. That's fantastic thank you and uh, we're always interested in the benefits of nature on our emotional well-being but you've whetted our appetites what is Yeovil Rivers Community Trust what is it? Well, um, Yoga Rivers Community Trust is quite a young charity. We started in 2018, um, set up by our chair, Lorne Thompson. And we now have a, well, quite a large number of projects taking place across Yeovil, the surrounding villages in South Somerset, and even over the border now into Dorset. So we've got um, community, uh, well, our, our main community project, but then we've also got a number of other projects working with in conservation. We work in natural flood management, supporting communities with flooding, um, and also wildlife projects. Um, for example, our waterfall project, uh, supporting habitat enhancement for waterfall in Yeovil. How interesting. And uh, you mentioned something about the WWW, and we're not talking about the World Wide Web. What would your What would your three Ws be? No, so um, our uh, uh, Wellbeing, Wildlife and Water Community Project, that launched in 2021, um, following some feedback that we started receiving at events and at primary schools um, with a need for more education in uh, water and aquatic habitats, coupled with a... Um, an interest and a need for mental health and community um, support following the pandemic. And with that, we, we set up our programme. We were successful with some funding from the Lottery Awards for All um, grant. And since then, we've established a um, programme of community activities that welcome 
all individuals and groups across the local area, giving them the opportunity to connect with nature and to develop new, uh, new skills and share an interest in climate issues and also start to make a positive change in the community. But what we really want to emphasize is that they're fun, practical activities to get outdoors, enjoy nature, have a chat with us and other people taking part and also um, sort of share interests in wildlife and, and conservation issues. Thank you, Lorna. And Karis, um, we, we often talk about the, the mental health benefits of nature and being out in nature on, on these podcasts. Is there something special about wildlife and water, do you think? Absolutely. Um, I think that for one, just being out in nature has such a calming effect and a lot of people identify as water and the sound of water being a very calm thing. Um, I know that, um, for instance, it's with the Wildlife Trust, when they were looking at the benefits for the NHS and the cost benefit of their projects, um, it, you know, the the um, benefit of it really helps people, particularly with uh, like lower level mental health issues or people that are feeling socially isolated, get out and join up with people. And, and certainly I'd agree with that. We've, we're lucky enough to have a, a tiny stream going through the garden. And, and just the sound of, of the water is is somehow very, very restful. Um, I'm sure there's, there's somewhere out there where you can listen to it on a uh, on some virtual device, isn't there? But uh, there is something special about the sound of water. There may be virtual devices, but uh, I'm not sure whether this is Andrew bullshitting or whether it's based on sound scientific uh, fact. But it seems to me that... Um, our neurophysiology, the way our brains work, has been developed for hundreds of thousands of years against a backdrop of nature, against a black a backdrop of blues and greens of sky and sea and water and trees. And so perhaps when we get outside, when we go outdoors, not just moving our muscles, but we're connecting deeply with something that resonates somewhere in our neurophysiology. Now, I don't know whether that's scientifically um, true or not. Um, it, it could just be, as I suggested, a sort of a, a, a slight fantasy, to put a politer word on it. But what do you think? Because you're actually involved in this every day. I think it definitely does. I think that, um, you know, we found, for instance, with our wildlife walks that people you know we've got a group of volunteers that come regularly and come to our activities that are thinking particularly about conservation activities that are interested in doing obvious tasks that are perhaps uh habitat based that they can see the benefit for nature but i think with the wildlife walks that we run um people are coming because they want to be outside and perhaps they don't know they don't have the confidence perhaps to go out on their own a lot of the people are um uh, living alone that often come to us and in fact we've just recently we're just starting a project to work um, with women over 50 um, to reduce social isolation um, so within the framework of being outside in a group and feeling safe people can go out and you just you get such wonderful feedback from people so just seeing how they react and I know for myself being outside uh, for my job feels completely different uh, to I previously worked in post-production and in theatre and it's a completely different vibe um, having spent your day outdoors in the fresh air and amongst uh, nature. Thank you, Karis. That, that's really good to hear. I think we'd all 
agree with that. And just to uh, to answer the, the point you made, uh, Andrew, about whether you were making it up, um, our, our, uh, David, our producer, has kindly put in, in the chat here, uh, studies have shown that being close to water increases the likelihood of exercise, which contributes to the prevention of cardiovascular illnesses, obesity and cancer. Living near the coast can have particular health benefits and is associated with more frequent use of water and physical activity. And I, I certainly I remember reading somewhere that if you're in the country, your quality of life is something like one or two points over being in a, in the city. Uh, but if you're by the coast, it's 10 points higher. So there does seem to seem to be something very special about water, isn't there? What what are your best experiences, Lorna? Oh, well, I mean, having having grown up, always enjoying a daily walk. I I, I mean, I've 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 always had dogs. So you've had to had to go on a dog walk every day. And where I grew up, um, there were lots of ponds. So. I was always close to water. There was lots of waterfalls. It was very lovely. And it just, it always, no matter what happened in the day, just having that walk just sort of, sort of stopped, stopped whatever was going on in your brain. And then you just go outside and enjoy it. And suddenly you're outside and you're thinking, oh, what was that bird? Oh, this is an interesting fungus. What's this? And it just sort of like gets you thinking. And then I would go home and, and research things and look things up and sort of, that's where sort of I think my my interest in wildlife sort of stem stems from. And then more recently living in Yeovil and being involved with with Yeovil Rivers, just getting and working in watery environments is just so wonderful. And and just sort of coupled with chatting to people about what's what's going on in the local area and making and and enjoying having a positive impact whether we're 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 going out on on one of our walks maybe we're recording wildlife or we're identifying different plant species or maybe we're doing some practical habitat enhancement um i mean this morning caris was planting flag iris at a pond in noval that we that we're helping to enhance and it was really interesting because the the water had actually reduced for the first time in, in all summer actually um so it just and you come away and and you're like that was really interesting and i i want to learn more and it's it's just a there's just so many lovely things that you you feel after being outside and particularly near water i think and of course, in Somerset, we're particularly lucky having lots of uh, streams and rivers and occasionally rather more water than we could wish for. But um, wherever people are listening to this podcast from, they're always close to somewhere uh, that's water related. When I trained in Birmingham, uh, it famously has more canals than Venice. So I, I was forever watching the ducks uh, on, on the canals. What about you, Andrew? Well, I was just going to say more canals, but less gondolas. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and and just going to pick up what David's kindly put in the chat. Other areas related to well-being and the Rivers Trust, besides the benefit of blue spaces, include the benefits of exercise, volunteering, working outside, wildlife stewardship, seeing the fruits of labour and enhancing our local environments. Why would we not want to? One thing that was interesting about this morning that I, made me think of it, because of Lorna saying about planting this morning with a group of volunteers, is that some of the volunteers that were there would, had never been to that green space before. So it's on within the sort of housing area they live and they didn't even know it was there. So it's behind some hedges. Um, and then another that has been volunteering for us for quite a while um, 
was really that change in the space since the last time she's been there and having that link in with the seasonality. And I do wonder with um, what you were saying before, Andrew, about that kind of link with how we used to live closer to the land. You know, even just seeing the seasonal changes by regularly volunteering at a space near to you um, and you're going to walk through those spaces. Obviously, this one was a bit tucked away today, but one of the volunteers, you know, she walks through a particular space every day pretty much and she sees those seasonal changes and what our work does is help people to name things so I found when I was getting into wildlife um, you know you'll look at a tree and you'll think it's a nice tree but once you know the names of things it almost gives them more meaning and it means more to you and it's very enriching I think Oh, really interesting. I was given a book 25 years ago by my aunt and uh, it helped me learn all the wildflowers. My mother and grandmother were great on, on cultivated flowers, but uh, it helped me learn. And it was so much. And I gather there's an app now called Seek, which is very helpful to, to find out. Although whenever I use it, it comes up as Dicot. Um, as Dicotyledon, which, is, which means it doesn't quite know what, what's going on. And um, have you, got, have you got any favourite flowers or any favourite places or any favourite seasons? I, do you know what? I, whenever anyone asks me about what's your favourite season, I actually really struggle to answer that because I just whatever's even when it's torrential rain, I'm like, oh, gosh, this is just fabulous. Everything's getting a nice drenching. I mean, I really struggle to choose a favourite time of the year. But I think, um, well, recently, actually, um. Karis and I were out at Sutton Bingham Reservoir um, collecting some some wildflower seed uh, as part. They've got um, some planters there. So we're going to collect the seed and put the seed in the planters so that in the picnic area, we're taking a little bit of their hay meadows and creating them in these planters so that everyone can enjoy, even if you can't get out to the hay meadows. And um, and we were we were really enjoying looking at looking at everything there. There was lots of um, knapweed and um what else did we see Karis there was all sorts there we were collect um there was fleabane um yes yellow rattle I do love fleabane fleabane's lovely it's funny and happy happy flower <laughs> wonderful names aren't they and as you're talking it it occurs to me there are so many benefits of, of doing what you do so there's the enjoyment of nature and learning about it and uh, feeling part of it. There's getting outside and having exercise. There's meeting other people and community. And also there's contributing to actually improving the natural environment, which, which we all love. So can you tell us a little bit more about how the River Trust contributes to all these different aspects? So um, we've got various different things that we do uh, regularly. So, for instance, we've got our work days. So our work days are visiting uh, sites in and around Yeovil that we we uh, visit. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a particular scheduled time, but when the work needs doing, I'd imagine we visit most at least monthly. Um, and that can be work like maintenance. It can be completely. So, for instance, we're working at the old school and. Uh, Queen Camel where we're redoing a whole pond so it can be from something quite major to just starting to look at how we can improve spaces so some of these spaces are already well loved and we just start to get in there do planting diversify create more habitat um, so there's lots going on with that um, we do surveying so Lorna does a lot of that and she'll be able to tell you a bit more so for instance out at Sutton Bingham Reservoir and um, we do a lot of surveying including dormice surveys and aquatic invertebrate surveys 
Uh, and then we do we just stop for the summer because everyone's away, but we usually do monthly litter picks. Um, and it's quite interesting, um, the feedback, because the litter picks can sound a little bit unappealing, I guess, when you think about, you know, oh, lovely, you know, think about surveying for dormice. And that sounds really lovely and fluffy, doesn't it? But um, think about picking up litter, hmm, maybe not so much. Um, but what I found really interesting with the feedback from the litter picks is that a lot of people said that for them, it's a mindfulness activity because that time just focusing on doing quite a repetitive task, um, being able to chat, um, and it's always very accessible areas. So most levels of mobility would be able to join in with that. Um, so it, it really just um, helps people access that kind of quite simple mindfulness activity. Uh, and I'm trying to think, oh yeah, and of course our wildlife walks that I already mentioned. So we've been running those for a year out at Sutton Bingham Reservoir, um, but we're starting to run them at a few different sites that we work at, uh, including one in Stoford that's called um, Courthouse, uh, the Geranium Trust, which is an amazing uh, little site um, that we're lucky to be able to have access to. That sounds absolutely brilliant. I suppose we'd better, as um responsible podcasters just just give a little bit of uh, health and safety advice uh that people also have to be a bit careful around rivers don't they yeah absolutely i mean i would i would never advise anyone to to try and access um a water course unless you were would would doing it as like as part of like one of our our volunteering sessions in in a safe safe environment so so don't ever try to to access um a, a water course and also you have to you do have to be careful um around water um sort of with, with the things that end up the the dirty things that end up in water so you do have to be be careful of that and and also sometimes the plants that that grow around water courses as well um because some of them can be poisonous so you just have to be aware around water really Thank you. And it's the Yeovil Rivers Community Trust. How do people volunteer? How do people get involved and how many people are getting involved? Yeah, um, we've, we've well, since establishing, we've we've now got um, on our on our volunteer database, we've we've nearly got 100 people, actually. Um, and we, we send out a, a weekly newsletter just to keep all of our volunteers on our on our list informed of what's going on and can where do they email us or uh, we we now have a few events that we pop on eventbrite so we either send them the link to that or to, or to get in touch directly but we're um we're also on facebook so you can find us um yeovil rivers community trust on there and you can follow us and pop us a message or, or keep an eye on our events um or you can get in touch with us via our website so that's www.yrct.org.uk and I'm very disappointed you're not www.www, but um, we'll, we'll let that one go. Uh, and if people aren't close to Yeovil, there are other wildlife trusts, there are other similar projects. What, what would you recommend people do if they're keen to volunteer from other areas? Yeah, I mean, I'd probably say something like uh, your local wildlife trust um, for your county um, to look at perhaps the conservation volunteers. They do a lot of practical green gym type activities and, and probably the Rivers Trust as well, because they have they have sort of their different regional groups as well. Um, so the, the West Country Rivers Trust. So if you're a little further for the West, they do lots of things um, in a lot in Cornwall and in Devon as well. 
And have you done any films or any um, vlogs uh, on, on what's happening um, to help people who are sitting at home or who are not able to come to Yeovil? Because our, our audience were right around the world. So welcome wherever you are in the world. Although we know that quite a lot of you are, are, are in Britain and some are in Somerset and Yeovil is not necessarily accessible to everybody, but video videos uh, are very accessible so i don't know if you've got any plans for that or particularly with your skill set um we we've spent a long time researching on getting the right equipment um so this has taken us a little while because we despite having a background in tv we we obviously it's a for a small charity a big investment to get the equipment so we're actually in the process of making sure we've got the right equipment and then we're going to start looking so one of the things we want to do with it is the project um that Lorna can tell you more about is uh, Dodham, on Dodham Brook, uh, which is in Nine Springs. Uh, we've put in a lot of natural flood management features. Um, and unless you, you can see them, uh, not in the channel, but to be able to get up close to it. So we're thinking about getting in and looking at those and doing a lot more uh, interviewing our participants. And yeah, as you say, allowing people that aren't local to us to see the work that we do. So how can people contribute to their own local water courses? Any any top tips that you might give us or advise? Yes. Um, I mean, there are there are quite a few things you can do. I mean, obviously, um, you can we, we the, one of the, the big things is that we don't want litter getting into our water courses. So going on your own little litter picks and actually um, the the CPRE, uh, another great organisation, they you can volunteer with them and they can send you litter picking equipment and do a two minute litter pick. And you could do that around your watercourse um, so that the litter doesn't end up in the watercourses. So that's a lovely thing you can do. And then also, if you ever notice, um, so quite often we get volunteers who, who get in touch with us to say, oh, I've noticed something that looks like it could be pollution or I've I've noticed something, someone doing something they shouldn't be near near this watercourse or something. Um, so for our volunteers, they they tend to get in touch with us. But if you don't have an organisation near where where you are and near a watercourse that, that you live near or, or go near quite regularly, it's probably best to to get in touch with either the the local um local authority um or possibly the um the, the local water company um if you've got a got a pollution concern or even um even the environment agency as well can be very helpful to if you have have any concerns that you that you want to share with them that's really useful to know and i i think the message i'm getting from from you both is that if we look after nature and particularly our uh, our waterways they'll they'll look after us and nurture us so it it's sort of mutual isn't it are there any any final words you'd like to leave our listeners with um i would say it's just a lovely opportunity to to go out and i mean even if you you don't want to walk walk far or or you just need a moment just to go and relax going and sitting by by a watercourse or by a pond 
it's just a lovely thing to do to go and contemplate and just see what nature you can see. It's amazing when you sit for just 10 minutes, all the things that you start to notice. And it might even inspire you to, to start keeping a nature diary or something like that. So it's really simple. It can be something as simple as that. And then if you decide later on, you would like to get involved with activities and who knows, there might be a group. Well, we, if, if you're near, near Yeovil, <laughs> do get in touch with us. But um, if you're in another area, there might be other the local community groups that are doing other interesting things in your area thank you lorna caris anything from yourself uh mostly just echoing what lorna said just to get outside and enjoy it and even if you feel like you're not someone that will enjoy it you'll probably find there's a place for you locally go and have a look around see what's there and explore and and find that enjoyment and excitement in the outdoors that's fantastic Peter, anything from yourself? Any any local tips of any ponds or anything that's happening near you? Well, I'm I'm lucky in that I live by the sea, and uh, so yes, the delights of paddleboarding and uh, wild water swimming and so on. Um, but I I would say to people who don't have access due to disability or something like that, you can enjoy nature anywhere, and uh, you know in the garden I, I get unreasonably excited if little frogs hop hop out from under plants when I'm weeding so just just stop and look at whatever's around you and it will give you pleasure and and as you said Karis it, it makes us mindful it makes us in the moment and appreciating uh, that we're, we're all part of something bigger what a lovely way to end our session and what uh, what great wisdom to share. Thank you so much, Karis and Lorna, for joining us. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, David. And go well. You've been listening to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast. The show was hosted by our team of doctors, including Dr. Andrew Tresida, Dr. Peter Bagshaw and Dr. Sarah Coop. The show was produced by Rob Hunt's Music on behalf of the NHS Somerset Integrated Care Board.